going on, everybody? Welcome to Brandon's Face. It's the podcast about a playlist. I'm Jonathan Beardsley. And I am Brandon May. Thanks for joining us. We have a lot to get to this week, including new releases from Chloe, Boy Genius, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Elderbrook, Larry June, and A Certain Ratio. Plus, we'll be talking about all of the new tracks Tyler the Creator dropped as part of that as part of his deluxe edition of Call Me If You Get Lost, titled The Estate Sale. But before we do, let's talk about this week's new singles, starting with this new one from Jungle called Candle Flame. And my man, they did it again. <laughs> <laughs> love the hook, love the verses, love everything about this one. How are you feeling about it? Every day we get a new Jungle track is a good day. This is Amen. interesting, it is funky, it is fresh, and it is just... Good music all around. I really loved this one, man. Well, we're getting more than just a new track. Their new album, Volcano, drops yes. August 11th. So can't wait oh, for that. Oh, man. That's, that's going to be a good day. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun year, man. <laughs> uh, moving on, we got a new one from Lastlings called Noise. And good fucking Lord, this one is incredible, man. It's... This is the rare rollout that's getting better as it goes along. I right. Feel like the singles are getting stronger. Uh, how are you feeling about this one? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Uh, just the baseline is fucking great. The lyrics are good. Yep. The song is fucking great, man. I really liked this track. Yeah, same. And much like Jungle, we are getting a new album. June 23rd, their new album, Perfect World, drops. <laughs> it's going to be a nice. lot of fun. I think yeah, so. Pencil too, that one in. Album yeah. of the year material right there. <laughs> um, all right, man. Talk to me about this new one from Frankie Wah and Vintage Culture called The Live. Look, man, I'm not even surprised anymore when Vintage Culture just kills a track like this. Uh, nah. This is a, this is a yacht after party beat if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I've never been so privileged, but I can imagine. Um, it's a great collab, <laughs> man. I love me some Vintage Culture. Still waiting on that album release date from him, but this definitely helps. I don't think I've ever heard Frankie before, but I checked out some of his other stuff and really enjoyed it. I've heard of Frankie Wah, but I've never dived in, so... Yeah, worth checking out some of the other stuff, at least his most played songs on Spotify. I liked some of those. Maybe I will. Uh, moving on, we got the Lee Foss and MK remix of The One by Inji. This is just perfect club music. Great beat, fun lyrics. What's not to like? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Lee Foss. I'm a big fan of MK also, as we've talked about on the podcast. I don't think we've covered much Lee Foss, though. Uh, yeah, I I've, so I've never heard of this original track, but I really like this one. Same. Uh, okay, moving on, we got kind of a zag here. So this is the Shani DeLuca version of Giorgio by Marauder. Is it, how do you pronounce it? Do you know? Giorgio by Marauder is how I say it, but I'm very American. So The track by Daft Punk, (laughs) shall we say. So this is a, I believe this artist does like piano reinterpretations of songs. And I thought this was very good, very impressive. I'm just always blown away by people that can reinterpret any song they hear through piano like this. And I thought this was very good. What about you? Yeah, I threw this one on not knowing it was only like a minute, but uh, (laughs) it's great to hear this translation into something classical. Uh, I agree. uh, Giorgio by Marauder might be one of, it might be my favorite piece of music ever. So it's uh, interesting. It's it's okay. it's one of those things where it's like it's it's cool to hear another interpretation of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not Cotton Eye Joe, but it's up there. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on, man. We got a new one from Guy J called State of Trance, man. And the title of this song really says it all, right? Yep. Yeah, it's it's minimal and froggy, but that build is beautiful. How are you feeling about it? So uh, Guy J has released a ton of stuff on Bedrock Records, and I've liked his output ever since I heard of him, which was when I bought in 2016 the Bedrock Records 18-year anniversary CD, which came with a ton of fucking great tracks. Um, this this track, is this, this was not released on Bedrock Records, but I've been following him since, and Man, this is fucking, this is so good, man. The progression, the, <laughs> just everything, man. Everything everything about this track is fucking great. I agree, man. It's top tier shit. Yep. Uh, moving on, we got the graphics remix of Let Me Hold You by Netsky and Hybrid Minds. What are your thoughts on this one? Let's fucking go. This track just goes, <laughs> man. I, fuck, dude. Yeah, man. Excellent remix. No notes. Love yeah. Netsky. Like graphics. Never heard Hybrid Minds before, but this track's awesome. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, moving on, we got a new one from Hilo, Space 92, and Ar- Oliver Heldens called Arpeggio. And this one is a banger, man. It's, it's the type of track you just kind of want to get lost in. I would love to see some, like, Tale of Us levels of production behind this one live. I think it deserves it. How are you feeling about this one? So, uh, did you watch any of Hilo's back to back with Test Pilot at Ultra? By the way, Hilo I... is Oliver Heldens. It's just a different moniker. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Uh, no, I did not watch that set. So clearly, Joel Test Pilot wanted to play like techno, and Hilo was like, "I want to play some like TikTok house," and like it's it's really funny watching them go back and forth and like not agree on what should be played. It's really a it's not a bad set, but it's not a good set either. That sounds um, very odd. I'm going to have to check that one out. Uh, I'll throw it in the show notes for everybody who hasn't seen it. But uh, I like most of Hilo's stuff, and this is no different, man. This is a great fucking track. This is a banger. Yeah, it's really good. Um, moving on, we got the Fur Coat remix of Burko. Another week, another Fur Coat remix, and big surprise, <laughs> he kills it. What are your thoughts on it? We've had some great dance music this week, man. I think we're, what, like seven or eight tracks in and no misses? We have a lot of, a lot of great dance music this year so far, man. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, this is, this is great, man. Fur Coat always delivers. Uh, moving on, we got a new one from Class, Insomnia Eyes. <laughs> God bless Class for keeping that mid-2000s EDM energy alive. I know I said he sounds dated last week when we talked about him, and I stand by that, but that's not always a bad thing. Example, this track. <laughs> Fuck, man. We got another generic dance anthem from Class, and I do not hate it. Of course you don't. This is, this is in your blood, Brandy. This is it, man. <laughs> This takes me back, bro. This takes me back to the Hudson. This takes me back to the to the shitty raves that used to throw at the shrine in LA. Your heart beats at 128 BPM. <laughs> I swear I used to have that shirt. <laughs> um, all right, man. Moving on. We got the Chris Lake remix of Portugal, the man's new track, Dummy. And I knew this one was going to be great before I even hit play because it right. is Chris Lake remixing Portugal, the man. And I was not wrong. Chris Lake always fucking kills it. Uh, we still have not got an official release of his Rumble remix. I'm waiting on that, but this was fucking awesome to get. I really liked it. What about you? Think he'll drop this one at Coachella? I hope so. It feels fitting. Yeah. 
Why not? I think so too. Yeah, uh, I really like this remix. I really like the original song. I've never been like a giant Chris Lake fan, but uh, it sounds like he knows how to throw a party. So, yeah, I haven't been in the past, but I feel like he's getting better as he goes. He's really been in a groove lately to where almost everything that I see with his name attached, I've I've enjoyed. Nice. Uh, moving on, we got a new one from LeYouth, Hessian, and Abel Joseph called Protocol. And LeYouth is three for three for me this year. Whatever, like, creative groove he's in right now is just working for me. Don't love the lyrics on this one as much. They're, they're not bad. They're just a little EDM cheese. Uh, I know he dropped an album last year, but I'm already hoping for another one sometime soon. What about you? LeYouth has drowned me in synths once again. Um... Yes. <laughs> those are my notes learn to swim (laughs) oh tool fans are gonna come for us Uh, i fucking hope so bro (laughs) did i I ever tell you about the fibonacci theory (laughs) i've been getting these weird algorithm videos of some dude that does like tool memes online and they're actually pretty hilarious that's fantastic i'll have to send you one he just like he has like the physical spiral in his hand (laughs) it's fucking hilarious um if i find a video that i can link in our show notes i'll throw that in there for everybody else uh that all right so moving on we got a new one from j to g called blue lights not a lot to say about this one other than it's great her debut album is shaping up to be really special how excited are you for it after hearing this just consistent top notch house music man yep yep she can do no wrong i'm I wish that it was a little sooner, but I'm still very, very excited for June. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> moving on, we got a new one from Gloria Kim called Best You Had. I like this one, man. It's like all of her songs. It's well written. The beat is good, but her vocals are really what make it shine, in my opinion. What were your thoughts on it? Dude, I am so glad one of us, I don't know, I forget again who did, but I'm, we found Gloria, man. This this is, she just has like a way about her music that makes me look down every time to see who the fuck I'm playing when it's, when she's on. Um, yeah, I do. She's got a great voice and this one, this track has fantastic production. Big fan of this one. Yeah, pulls you in. I hope to hear more of her stuff and I hope other like producers and stuff work with her as well because she's very dynamic as too. Right. I think her last song was much more like acoustic, if I remember correctly. Yeah. All right, man. Moving on, we got a new one from Khalid called "Softest Touch," and my so '80s <laughs> pop revivalism through modern pop has been done to death at this point, right? Like, but if there's anybody left in the mainstream pop scene who I wouldn't mind hearing take a crack at it, it'd probably be Khalid. But as much as I've been enjoying this track, I can't help but feel like it's a little too derivative of Michael Jackson at times. Influence is one thing, but you're really hitting the nail on the head by saying, do you want to rock with me as an outro ad lib (laughs) on the track? It feels like he hasn't had a proper radio single since Talk or Better, so I'm interested in how the reception to this one will be, my my reaction to it aside. It sounds like it has the potential to be a hit, but only time's going to tell on that. What do you think? Do you think this one's going to do well for him, or do you think it's just in the middle? My notes are five words. This will be a hit. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I don't love it, which means it's probably going to be his next giant smash, right? <laughs> Straight up, though, good for him. Yeah, no, I I guess that's actually not true, because I think 
like talk and a lot of his a lot of his bigger hits I do love. But yeah, I've been digging his more R and B stuff recently. This feels like the first time in a while though that we might have another radio single on our hands from him. Yeah, I think uh, I think we will. I think that the reception to this one's going to be uh, good. It's very catchy. So, moving on, we have arrived at my song of the week, which is "Valentina" by Daniel Caesar. This week, I really liked the first two singles he put out, but I fucking loved this. He sounds absolutely incredible over this style of production, and it's a perfectly timed reminder of how great he can be with his new album dropping this week. How are you feeling about it? That's so funny, man. This this one wasn't my speed. I think he sounded great, but it just wasn't my speed. I had a feeling that would be the case. I, I think that you're going to enjoy a majority of the album because I don't think it's going to be like this. This feels like a little more kind of shadowy club R&B, which is not his thing. But I love personally hearing him do that. Yeah, uh, I, I I did. I knew you were gonna like this one more than I did, but I really didn't think it was gonna be your song of the week. So that's awesome. He always throws. Well, it was a toss up. Surprise. It was a toss up between that one and this next one, which is "Riptide" <laughs> by They. That that track into this one, I'll use uh, Jonah Hill's phrasing in "Forgetting Sarah Marshall." I just went from six to midnight on that that <laughs> transition right there. You know, like getting both of these albums this week oh. might actually kill me, and I can't wait. Um, this track is great, uh, but I almost don't even want to process how great it is yet because we're so close to hearing the album in full. It's definitely what I was hoping for and want more of, though. How are you feeling about it? Most definitely my speed. Uh, this yes. is yeah, much this more is, your speed. This is this is great, man. They 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 are killing it. I think they sound so much better without guest verses most of the time. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree because they kind of like have to make room for a guest verse being mm-hmm. it's, it's two of them. I so. agree. And the most jarring transition of the week here <laughs> is they's Riptide into Bad Op... Wait, did yep. the song change here? Wait, <laughs> so, what? Uh, yep, it sure Explain. did. Okay, it tell is, me what happened. It, is, it was Bad Optics, but apparently they ran into some legal trouble, so they have changed the name of the project to Doom Regulator. Uh, this is a project from Tim Armstrong and Jesse Michaels, both uh, originally from a little band called Operation Ivy. And uh, I think it's pretty neat. Uh, It's not my favorite ska ever put out, not even by these two people, but we have kind of a lack of ska on this playlist. So I decided to throw throw this one on because I'm a huge fucking Tim Armstrong fan. So uh, I I knew it was going to throw you for a loop if you hadn't looked at it in a couple of days. It was really the the song transition, like from they into this more than anything else. But yeah, it, it got me. Even my wife was like, "Is that ska?" It's like, yeah, yeah. I think I even texted you. I said, "Did you throw ska on the playlist?" Uh, yeah, you're, you're not getting that one past me. I had to make sure that was intentional. Um, yeah, I I mean, I don't dislike ska. I grew up playing the Tony Hawk games, much like other kids my age. Uh, but I thought this was pretty good for Scott once I got past the jarring shift from R&B into it. Right. Uh, moving on, we got a new one from Smokey Brights called No Getting Out. Talk to me about this one. So Smokey Brights is a local band from Seattle. Um, I forget how I found Smokey Brights, but I threw the song on because it was a new release and I listened to it. And the first time I heard it, the song was I was like kind of indifferent about it, but like I... I 
something drew me to press play on it again. And man, I just love her voice on it, man. I've actually yeah, listened to it like rad. I've actually listened to this track like a ton this week. Um, it's like it's really it's like a really soothing track. I don't know. I really like this one, man. What did you think? Yeah, I I agree, man. Her voice is great. The music is like soft but bluesy. It's really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you're in their neck of the woods. I am. I am vaguely. Yeah, I don't go to Seattle very it's much. The same though. thing. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. There's trees. Um. <laughs> Moving on, we got another track that I really enjoyed. This is Watching the Credits by The Best. They just do not miss, man. At least I've never heard them miss as long as we've been covering them on the podcast. I want to say this is one of my new favorite tracks of theirs, but I feel like I could say that about almost any of their songs on any day. So right? I'm fucking digging this one. What about you? So uh, The Beths just did a an NPR Tiny Desk concert, which is fantastic. Did. Did, you, did you watch it? I did. I did. I, I might not have texted you back. But it's yeah, very really good. good. Um, I'm going to throw that in the show notes. Uh, this track is fucking great. It is just so easy to be a fan of this band man they're just they they feel so authentic and you can just tell they're having a bunch of fun and god does that translate into the music it is really really beautiful music man yeah it fucking kicks ass i wasn't expecting the strings to come in too when they were like really picking shit up at the end of this one yeah really like that big surprise same here um all right moving on we got a new one from kind of a new one from lincoln park called fighting myself Still very weird to hear them, right? Like release unreleased stuff from this era. I'm not complaining. It's fucking rad. It's just like a bit surreal, you know. Yep. It's it's just really weird to say in 2023 that we have a new Lincoln Park track. It it is weird to say and it's weird to hear. But man, is it good. It's um, it's funny with most like deluxe tracks you can. You can like or like B sides or like D sides, whatever you want to call these. You can like kind of know like like with Silverstein last week with that promise song, you could like tell why it wasn't on the original album. With Lincoln Park, they're just so good at what they do. These must have been like these must have been like hard to cut from the original album, you know? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Like makes you realize I mean, I guess how good music was then and how high standards were for bands to like put out a big label album like this, but just how good they were like, these are not the deluxe edition tracks that we're used to hearing nowadays that have very been much like you did not ever really need to hear most of these, you know, but like they've been sitting on these for fucking 20 years and like. I can imagine some of these were really hard to cut at the time and only got cut because they sounded too similar to something else on the album more than anything. Just a good problem to have. Sure is. Moving on, we got a new one from Currents called So Alone. Did you enjoy this one? You know, man, right out the gate, it's pretty pretty aggressive. Uh, They have an album coming out. I think it got delayed for some reason, though. It's okay. Mm. Yeah, I I liked it, but it's pretty formulaic metal core verse chorus verse chorus breakdown bridge chorus like don't fix it if it ain't broken i guess but i'm hoping for something a little more out of the box on the album when we review it i I think it's been broken for years to be completely honest with you and that's not talking shit about any 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 bands or or even like the scene as a whole but it, it it isn't it isn't necessarily broken but this is the like one of the reasons why I haven't ever really been a big fan of Currents or Architects or Bad Omens because they all kind of do that same thing where mm-hmm. it's it's just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, breakdown, chorus, you know, like so. Yep. Just yeah, one of those and, things. 
And some bands do it very well. I'm sure those bands all have dedicated fan bases that enjoy that quite a bit. Like we've reviewed some some metal albums recently that are very breakdown heavy, and I don't think a lot of people enjoyed them, but I did. So if they're servicing a fan base, I get it. But yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm still curious in the album. I think there's stuff in this that I liked, but overall, I wasn't very impressed with it. I mean, they're they're a very popular band. They're over a million listeners, which is in the metal that's good. slash metalcore community. That, that that that's a big number, you know. So it's see, it, I think that it's good that many people are listening to this type of music at all, no matter what band it is. But then you're going to get to the next layer of fandom where they're like, "Or I prevail," making the wrong first impression <laughs> for too many people getting into this type of music and shit like that. It's all pedantic, but. I think the more people that are giving heavier shit a try for whatever reason, the better. And I don't expect anybody to jump from currents to cattle decapitation just right off the bat. So I feel you. Good Lord. We'll talk about that in a sec. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about this defocus track before we get into that. This is Let the Bond Be My Grave. Six song title. <laughs> yes. Uh, a great song, too. Heavy as fuck. It's Fun a banger. Along too. Loved it. It's yeah. Any other words on it? Uh, look, man, I've been really liking their output. Again, uh, this is the second single we've covered from them. I think they, they probably have a new album on the way, if not an EP. Um, I haven't seen any, any word did about it. Did we cover it. their album in 2021? I can't remember. We did. We did. And you can't remember because it was bland and boring because I found this band i heard their single i was oh, like man this right. is fucking awesome and then the album was kind of bland and boring so it reminded me a lot of the current song that we just that we just covered so uh hopefully they've they've got some some more uh some more deep cuts like this one we'll on the keep album. an eye on it yeah moving on we got a new one from cattle to fucking capitation called scourge of the offspring Everything about this song fucking rules, man. Talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah, man, this album's going to be fucking insane. Uh, I love this track. I love how they took death metal and tried to incorporate, like, quote, unquote, clean vocals. And, like, it didn't quite work, the, I think, the way they wanted it to. But it really worked for the song. Um, it fucking rules. Dude, <laughs> like the drums on this one are some fucking next level shit man this song i can made already me very tell excited. this album's gonna be a lot of fun yeah <laughs> yeah th th this song made me so excited for the album like this is gonna be real good so did you have a song of the week this week or is it gonna be our upcoming dj drama song here it, it, it is it is upcoming and it is not the dj drama song okay okay so Last single of the week. We got DJ Drama's FMFU. Talk to me about this one. So I saw DJ Drama and Lil Wayne, and I just kind of like threw it on. Um, sure. This is raunchy as hell, bro. Yeah. The DJ Drama album actually dropped, and it has a Tyler intro. It wasn't quite substantial enough for me to really add it to the playlist. I'm glad you added this so that I could hear an actual song from the album. Having heard it, though, I like everybody on this track, but I hate the track itself. Right. Not yeah. for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard it after I added it like a day afterwards, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave it on. Okay. Let's move on to the one EP we got this week, and this is Tyler, the Creator's Call Me If You Get Lost, The Estate Sale. Tell me how you're feeling about this one. All righty, sir. I will do so. Uh, yeah. 
Leave it to Tyler, the creator, to make a deluxe album and all of the album cuts on this EP, deluxe album, whatever the fuck we're calling it, feel right at home with the rest of the album. If we had an award for best deluxe album cuts of the year, this would be a very hot contender. All of yeah. these are fantastic, but Stuntman is most definitely a fucking banger, and it is also my song of the week. Okay. I was wondering, I think neither of us have picked a song off of an EP yet. Yep. Um, all right, man. Fuck yeah. I like that. So I think it's safe to say that his first proper deluxe edition lived up to the hype, you know? Yep. yep. Like you said, man, all of these tracks fit perfectly in and had to be really hard to cut from the album. I have not stopped listening to Dog Tooth since it dropped. But yeah, I think Stuntman's going to be taking its spot in my rotation. It's a good it's track, the first, Dude, it's the first collaboration between them. And that's insane that it took so long to happen and it's crazy that it did not make the album that it was made for i, know, I think that right? their styles mesh exactly how i imagined they would and on top of all that he got to use the alternative artwork for this release which is one of my favorite album artworks of the decade honestly i wish this would have been the actual album artwork this is i i might i might be wrong i'll have to go look at it but this is what's it's on the, the vinyl, vinyl artwork. okay i was yes, gonna say it is. I, I, I have this there are versions of the vinyl with the passport artwork as well, but this is the vinyl version. And I think it was like the international or something as well. Got it. But yeah, it's kind of, it's going to be very confusing if they do a deluxe of the, of a vinyl of the deluxe, because now this cover will be out there twice. I doubt they will, man. And if they do, that's going to be stupid expensive. So. Isn't all vinyl stupid expensive? Now? It's, it's honestly ridiculous right now, bro. Like it's getting pretty, it's getting up there, man. Last year, God, I didn't God bless think. Fueled by Ramen. They're doing <laughs> the $25 finals of all the albums I love. I can't get enough. Right. <laughs> um, You ready to talk about some albums? Let's do it. Okay, man. First up in the album section this week, we have Chloe's debut album, In Pieces. And simply put, this album is another showcase of the potential she has more than the promise of that potential being fulfilled. All of the songs on this album are good to great, depending on your taste in R&B, great production, angelic harmonies, vocal melodies that she seems to pull out of thin air like a fucking magician. But it's very evident that she's still finding her voice as a solo artist after being in a group with her sister for so many years. She's in the weird spot of being a new artist and a veteran at the same time. And maybe that's what I'm hearing on this album, her going through that transition. This album might not be an instant classic, but it's clear she has the talent and that it's only a matter of time before she delivers one. I'm going to give it a seven for now. My standout is how does it feel? What were your thoughts on this one? All right, man. I think this record is fucking great. Um, this is the exact type of R&B that I like. It's uh, the whole project is only 38 minutes long, which is shorter than most albums in this realm. Yeah. But I think it works really well for her, man. She cramps a lot of content into these tracks. Um, the singles are obviously standouts here, but the album cuts are where everything really shines. In my opinion, the production on tracks like feel me cry is immaculate and clearly tailored mm -hmm. for the track. The vocal performance throughout the album is incredible. I think she's going to get a lot of praise for this one, man. I, I, you are understandably um, a little bit more versed in in everything that's happening surrounding this album. But, man, I fucking loved this one, man. I came back to it a number of times, and I rated this higher than you did. What did you give it? Gave it an eight. 
my uh, my standout is either Feel Me Cry or Told You with Missy Elliott. See, I think Feel Me Cry and Make It Look Easy are both beautifully produced songs. I just can't really connect with the uh, the product or the the lyrics on those ones quite as much. Told you, I really do like it, but I I enjoy Missy's parts a little more, and I find the sample after like two minutes to be a little bit grating the way it's chirped up. Fair. Cheat back, really good song. Don't really love listening to songs about cheating in that way all the time you know right i i think it's a good album but i think what i was missing here was the cohesion and she does little things you know the the, the talking intros to certain songs that help kind of make it feel like an album but to me it very much felt like here's a collection of songs that i made that showcase what i can do as an artist which is a great thing for a debut but I think she's capable of much better than this. And I think we'll see it as time goes on. Honestly, I think what it really might be for you, John, is that I think she needs a couple more ballads interspersed between the album to make it feel a little bit more cohesive, um, which is yeah, exactly like 15, what I... like a her album, like 15 acoustic ballads. <laughs> hey, man, that album was fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it does need some pacing, but like, like the the only big ballad on this one is what in pieces, and there's some like yeah. really short transitional songs and interludes on here. I don't know. I'm definitely going to revisit it. It's clearly in my rotation, right. but I went in with very high expectations. So I'm also my my last little note on this is. I liked some of the singles that did not make the album more than a lot of the album cuts. Yeah, I heard twenty twenty two singles. Thing. Yeah, yeah, like Have Mercy or like the For the Night one with Lotto, which I I thought that was for sure going to make the album. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a deluxe. Maybe I'll I'll enjoy all of these songs from this era packaged together. But I like it for what it is. We'll see if it, it grows on me anymore by the time we talk about it again. We'll see. Moving on, we got Boy Genius's new album, The Record. Talk to me about this one. Here we have it. The debut album from Boy Genius entitled The Record. I genuinely enjoyed this album. It is dark, it's deep, it's playful, it's folksy, and at sometimes it's even angry. We get Phoebe's endearing and vulnerable lyricism and deliveries. We get Julian Baker's kind of rocker attitude and great songwriting. We get Lucy's personal lyrics along with her apparently inherent ability to harmonize throughout this record. And I genuinely liked every single song. She fucking does rule. Yeah, she's sick. As a full album, though, it's not it's not as much of a collab as I wanted it to be. We get them obviously working together, sure, but each track is kind of like its own thing and doesn't really have a cohesive feeling. Even after all of those singles that we got, I'm, I'm not sure what I really expected. Uh, and as much as I do like this album, I feel like I was craving something more. It it listens like a collection of tracks instead of a project. And if that's what they were going for, then we got it. And that's good for them. But for me, I'm going to give this one a seven. Uh, my standout is anti-curse because I feel like that's where they, all three of them collaborated great. And I think if we had gotten an entire album full of like indie rock songs like anti-curse, it might've been, might've been a little better. What did you yeah, think? It definitely one? leans more indie folk than indie rock a lot of times. And I do enjoy the more indie rock parts like you. I know it's not as surprising as it would have been a year ago since I've been so high on the singles <laughs> leading up to this release, but I, I love this album. I never considered my san, uh, myself a fan of any of these artists before this. You know that. 
but they have converted me. Obviously, I gravitate more towards the grungier parts of this album yep. than some of the softer moments on it, but I've really grown to appreciate all that they bring to the table. Hey, All three of them are incredible musicians and songwriters, and their chemistry as a trio is clearly something you can't teach when it's clicking. I'm giving this one an eight. I have two standouts. $20 is clearly my favorite song. It's the one I listen to the most, but lyrically, True Blue is my favorite. Hey, sure. we converted John, everybody. We did. I gave Boy Genius a higher score than you, and you gave Chloe a higher score than me. What the hell is going on, man? I don't know, man. Mercury's got to be in Gatorade or something. Cause... Yeah, Mercury's for sure in Gatorade. <laughs> it, like... Are you a lemon lime moon or what? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. I'm an icy blue. All right, man. I know you've waited long enough. Talk to me about this new Andrew McMahon and the Wilderness album, Tilt at the Wind No More. Andrew McMahon's songwriting chops are just honestly next level. Uh, he speaks to me and has done so since he was in something corporate in the early 2000s. So naturally... I loved this album. Piano-driven, catchy-as-hell pop rock. That's what we know Andrew for, and that's exactly what we got here. This happens to be his most electronic to date, though, as he clearly like messed around with some bass presets and some fun like synths. Um, I was curious if you would like that or not. I think they definitely work for this specific project. Um, look, man, we get great songwriting, uh, great instrumentals on literally every song. Even on the songs where he's like kind of phoning it in and a little lazy, they're all like they're still like great. Um, I think that I think that Jack's mannequin put out one 10 out of 10 album. And this in the wilderness project has this in the wilderness project has produced like a slurry of like sevens. Um, I actually think that this one's an eight, though. I really liked this one. I kept coming back to it. Submarine is fucking great. Um, New Friends is awesome. VHS is really great. Uh, but yep. my favorite song, my favorite song is Smoke and Ribbons, this closer. I think it's the perfect closer. Um, you know how much I like closers as like a I concept. Do. And uh, I think I think he did it right. Even the fucking album art is fucking sick, man. I really, really, really liked this project. What did you think about this album from Mr. McMahon? I didn't feel too differently than you, and I knew you'd articulate most of it better than me. Um, it's pretty much exactly what I expected. It's a good time from start to finish, full of all the little things that we've grown to love about his music over the years. The album slows down a little more than I want it to on Submarine and Built to Last, and there's a little more electronic production worked in than I personally prefer, but none of that matters because he's a legend and he's still putting out songs like Lying on the Hood of Your Car and VHS, which I can throw on at any time and enjoy. Right. And that is invaluable to me. So I'm giving this one a 7.5. My standout is VHS because it's Andrew McMahon singing the words VHS. Like, <laughs> how the fuck can you not? That's <laughs> oh, the most everything in transit like word or thing I know, that right? you, you can sing on the album. Oh, uh, that is the album you were saying is perfect, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. It's okay. one of my favorite albums of all time. So How do you classify that? Because I kind of lump that in with scene music, even though it's really not at all. <laughs> right. It, it has oh, nothing man. to do with it. But the something corporate like delineation from, I don't know, it all just kind of made sense to me in my head. But it really doesn't the more I think about it. Look, man, Everything in Transit is objectively, it's a pop rock album subjectively it's fucking everything bro there there there's some there's some beautiful emotional moments on it it could be construed if you took the pianos out it's emo you know like sure 
But Pop Rock was seen, man. Boys like girls. We'll, we'll get into this. That's shit. true. We'll get into this shit more, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about this new Elderbrook album, Little Love. So I don't know what delayed this one, why it was showing that it would be released earlier than it was, but we finally got it. So after hearing it, I thought it was really good. It's it's beautifully crafted, nuanced, cohesive, and very concise. It gets a little repetitive after a while, and that last third of it isn't quite as good as the first two thirds of it, in my opinion. But I keep coming back to it despite that, because it's just nice to listen to. It's, it's really not easy. an album of the year contender for me, but it'll be in my rotation for a while. I'm going to give it a six. My standout is the intro track, just like us. Nice. Love the synths in that one. What did you think about this one after hearing it in full? Look, man, I'm getting massive Rufus to Soul meets Tin Liquor on this album, and you know that yeah. I'm about that. Yep. Uh, we've got silky synths on nearly every track. We've got great percussion and some great vocal and uh, some collab choices that kind of puts this album in a very good light. But like you said, the last, the 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 back end of this album just kind of it does drag a little bit if you're listening to all of it at once, mm-hmm. um, and there's not enough dynamics in it for it to be an album of the year contender. I think. Um, so with that, with all that being said, I did, like you said, I, I fucking enjoyed this album and I did keep coming back to it. I'm going to give it like a, like a high six, maybe pouring over into a seven, depending on like what mood I'm in. I actually liked, uh, talk it over is my favorite of on the record. Mm, Okay. That is a good track. Yeah. Um, we, I think we reviewed that one as a single when it came out too. I think so. Uh, moving on. (laughs) We got a new one from Larry June produced by The Alchemist. This one's called The Great Escape. We heard the single last week. Did this one deliver on its promise after hearing that? Look, man, when we heard the single, I was really curious about the production from The Alchemist. Uh, mm-hmm. After hearing the project in full, it's clear that they work together really closely. Um, it's weird how like how much cohesive, how much more cohesive albums can be when the producer and the artist are like working together in tandem, creating from scratch, right? and not just like a producer selling a dude a beat. Um, yep. Look, man, this shit is just perfect to smoke and vibe to. A lot of people have used the uh, quote unquote vibes to explain their love of trap music to me, but I gotta say, man, this is. Far more of a vibe than any trap artist I've ever heard. Uh, the production is fucking immaculate, and we even hear the Alchemist spit a few bars, which is always nice to hear. I think it may lean on collabs a little bit heavy, but honestly, man, I fucking loved this album. I wouldn't call this like a great album per se, but I will say that I really fucking enjoyed it, and I will definitely be coming back to it throughout the year. This is the first really good rap album of the year, in my opinion. I'm going to give it somewhere between a seven and an eight. My standout is ocean sounds. What did you think about Larry June and the alchemists album? I don't know. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> that is my honest. Answer. Uh, I think the artwork is great. The song titles are incredible. And the production from alchemist, in my opinion is excellent, but I have to be in a very specific mood to enjoy Larry June's style. And I just was not in that mood very much this week. So I'm going to circle back to this one in a few weeks when it warms up a little bit here in the PNW scoring. This album does not feel right until I can drive around listening to it on a sunny day, 
But my favorite song on it so far is Margie's Candy House. My favorite yes. bar on the album is the Soprano season three line that Action Bronson <laughs> delivers, of course. Oh, man. That's Action the best Bronson. I can do for a review for you right now. It's <laughs> funny. The uh, the album came out and uh, me and a co-worker, we were bumping it and uh, and Action came on. And he goes, is that Action? Yep. It's like, yeah, it is. Yep. It's like he, w- he would be on a Larry June album. <laughs> Oh, of course, of course, man. Did you watch Fuck That's Delicious? I wa- I've seen a number of clips of Fuck That's Delicious, and God, he's so extra. It's occasionally on Hulu, and it is worth yours and everybody else's time. Watching him eat wings off of, like, a trash can lid on a sidewalk <laughs> and tell people how good it is is fucking hilarious. I, I, th- I think my favorite, my favorite scene of that show, the one I've seen at least, is... When they go to like make the perfect sandwich and he like had one yeah. of his boys smuggle in some fucking like caper <laughs> sauce from Italy or something. And he's like, this was up my boy's asshole. So we're going to definitely eat this. Oh and it's just... Like, dude, I don't love the like, I don't love his music, but his bars just reading them is hilarious <laughs> sometimes. He's got a way with the words that I enjoy. I love his personality and that helps me love his music, I guess. Yeah, well, please get around to scoring this one, my man. Smoke up a fucking bowl. Bring a cute little, you know, Bluetooth speaker out to the out to the park. Spark up a joint or something. I need to. Like you had is... some sunshine to enjoy this album too. I did not. That may be why you were able to click with it a little bit faster. On the times I did get through it, it was good. But yeah, I'm gonna need some more time with this one. We'll talk about it later. I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. Um. All right, man, moving on to our last album of the week. This is 1982 by a certain ratio, and this album is a lot of things, man. It's a a jazz funk album. It's a psychedelic indie rock album. It's a dance album. I like the way they do some of these things more than others, but what I liked and what I didn't like just kind of faded away as I listened to it. They are an S-tier musician group of musicians who clearly don't worry about labels or boxes when they're creating and i really appreciate that about them as a group scoring this one was tough because like i said i tend to gravitate towards certain moments and songs on it more than others but overall i think i'm feeling like a high seven on this one my standout is either tombow and m3 or waiting on a train both of which are fantastic but i think i'm gonna lean tombow and m3 because that one's given me some like cruising USA, the arcade game soundtrack vibes, and I really like that. What? What about you? How are you feeling about this one? Look, man, this one really surprised me. (laughs) Um, How so? I, I, you know, I think I, I, after hearing the single, I knew I was going to enjoy it, but I didn't like think I would enjoy it like so much. I'm super Mm -hmm. glad I found this band. We're super late because apparently they've been making music since the early late since the early '80s. Um, I have not dived into any of their discography, but I will say. That this album fucking did it for me this week, man. It is a great mid-afternoon. Drink some coffee. Put your feet up. Pick me up with its funky-ass beats. Great guitar work. Great bass work. Incredible production quality. And just great danceability, dude. I just really... I really wasn't prepared for the rap verse. I'm waiting for... <laughs> waiting on a train. The Ballad of ACR sounds like... Sounds like they got Paul Banks and the entire band of Interpol in the studio just to write the intro so they could slowly Ballad fade ACR out into... Sick. So they could just slowly fade out into freeform jazz. What the fuck is this? This is incredible, bro. I also gave it like a high seven. It's probably closer to an eight, to be honest with you. My standouts were Waiting on a Train or after 
Afro Dizzy, either one of those, or you pick one and you'll have a good time. Both are excellent, man. Crazy. Uh, that does it for this week's albums. Do you want to know what we're going to be talking about next week? I have a feeling it's going to be crazy. What are we talking about next week, John? <laughs> well, it's going to be pretty crazy. It's going to be Daniel Caesar and they are giving us two new R&B albums. So definitely tune in to see if I die of happiness there. Plus, we're getting a new <laughs> album from Ellie Goulding and a new one from Thomas Banghalter of Daft Punk, which should be a lot of fun. That group Wednesday's releasing a band. I don't know if you want to cover that or not. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to be covering a lot, lot more. Let us know in the comments what you're looking forward to. If you enjoyed the show, please like, follow, and subscribe. Follow the link to our weekly rotating playlist in the show notes if you want to keep up with everything we're going to be covering each episode. You can also find us on Instagram and Reddit. Just search Brandon's Face Pod. That does it for us this week. Till next time. Peace. Peace.